0: Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi everyone, and welcome to this week's Changemaker podcast. In this week's episode, we'll learn about faith-based investing. This is a relatively new field that is growing very quickly. To teach us about this topic, we turn to Wendy Gregory. Wendy is a Christian financial advisor with Latitude Wealth Advisory in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thank you, Wendy, for sharing your expertise with us. As a quick reminder, Compass Catholic Ministries does not recommend any investments or financial professionals. No one is authorized to use their affiliation with Compass to promote the sale of any investments or financial services. So welcome to the podcast, Wendy. Hello, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here. And this is a topic that we have had lots and lots of people reach out to us about recently. And I don't know why the sudden interest, um, I'm not quite sure what it is, but out of the blue, within one week, I want to say I had seven, eight or nine people reach out to me about this topic, which is interesting that we have the sudden interest. Um, and I love that people are reaching out to a Catholic ministry to see what the insight is. So I reached out to you because I know this is something that you think about on a regular basis, if not every day for multiple hours a day. I'm wondering if we can start this episode by you telling our guest what faith-based investing is exactly. Faith-based investing is investing
1: that honors biblical principles first, not ourselves first. It's investing that aligns with our moral beliefs. One way to think of it is it unites morality and money. So there are a lot of social ills that we as Christians know go directly against our deepest beliefs and morals. So by owning secular funds, especially index funds, you own those things, just as if you own the company because you do. Stocks make you an owner, you own their assets, you own their profits. Bonds make you a lender, you get interest on that bond. So you're literally paying for those things to happen and profiting from them. So you can think of it as being the CFO of the funds you've been supernaturally tasked with controlling. We're all given free will. And we're expected to use the wisdom we've also been given to honor our creator. And my goal is really to inspire and encourage and strengthen fundamental transformation of Christians to understand faith-based investing. So that they feel knowledgeable and they can take actionable steps to transform their portfolio to one that reflects their convictions.
0: Mm. Yeah, so you are the CFO of the funds you've been entrusted with, which is really interesting, because I think especially in this time where, I mean, there seems to be like a proliferation of index funds, um, and a tendency towards just putting things in an index fund, and setting it and forgetting it and walking away. And so what you're saying is that we need to be intentional not only about how we use debt, how we, um, you know, uh, save our money, but also how we invest that money.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So can you also tell me the difference um, between faith-based investing and other secular-based investing? Um, I know that there are some funds that focus on environment, that focus on other um, causes. What makes faith-based investing unique? And is it, is it unique? Is that just deciding what speaks to your heart and jumping with it? Or is it one that's a separate product altogether?
1: It is actually very unique. Faith-based investing puts biblical principles first. So um, there are other funds out there. Uh, You'll hear about ESG investing. You'll hear about um, socially responsible investing. Those things sound good and they may be good for some people, but that is not the same thing as um, uh, faith-based investing. So a lot of people don't realize this. There are over 2,500 verses in the scripture about money. In contrast, there are 500 or fewer about faith and about 500 or just fewer about prayer. So it's clearly a very important thing. Um, Secular investing puts dollar figures first. It's really that simple. So any area of stock or bond that you can find in secular investing, you can also find in faith-based investing. So if you're looking for value stocks or growth stocks, If you're looking for mutual funds of any and all kinds or ETFs, um, you can find those in faith-based investing and entire portfolios are created every day by myself and other Christian financial advisors that honor our creator first. So it's really just a matter of Christians putting their money where their faith is.
0: Why should it matter to Catholics where their money is being invested? Um, I I know that we we turn our money over to um, either our our funds or our advisors and however we decide to invest. Why does it matter that we give it such intention as to where these dollars are going?
1: Because investing has the power to change the world. Let me say that again, because investing has the power to change the world. And furthermore, I argue the 2,500 verses that mention money in scripture suggest Mm -hmm. that we should uh, care about it greatly. So two points here. The first is that biblical principles on this are clear. Throughout scripture we're told, for everything in the heavens and on earth belongs to you. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind be doers of the word and not hearers only. So that's the first reason that it should matter to Christians where their money is being invested. And secondly, um, I'd like to share a story with you, a very important story. It's 1971 and Christians are concerned about apartheid. The South African government has institutionalized racism and has already completely ignored UN sanctions and embargoes. So what can be done? Leon Sullivan, a Baptist minister and anti-apartheid activist, led a group of Episcopal shareholders who filed a shareholder resolution with General Motors, and many people believe this is the first example of modern shareholder advocacy. They proposed specific changes in the way that GM did business with South Africa, and they did a lot of business with South Africa. The resolution was adopted by GM's board because of this shareholder resolution. And after GM's adoption, Ford and Goodyear followed suit. Thus, one of the key instruments of the fall of apartheid was investor pressure from Christians. That is such a powerful testimony. And if you think about it, does anyone really seriously doubt the power investing to change the world, whether for good or for ill? Even if we just think about today, um, the five largest companies in the S&P 500 are all tech companies and they account for over 20 percent of the market value of that index. That's a big problem for investors who are planning for retirement uh, or other long term goals who don't understand the risks of having all of their proverbial eggs in one basket and a basket of activities that violate many of their basic beliefs and many of these companies actively fund and push policies that most christians disagree with fundamentally so that those are two really good reasons why it should matter very uh, greatly to christians where their money is being invested
0: mm. yeah and i mean ultimately we're, we're called to build this kingdom on earth as it is in heaven and you build a kingdom through dollars a lot of times. Um, so yeah, that, that just, that, that's amazing. I didn't realize that there was such an advocacy that could be done through uh, getting these shareholders together and, and the money talks. We're talking about some of the arguments for faith-based investing. Um, I'm wa- wondering if you can expand on any other ones that we haven't covered so far. And then are there arguments Against it, What do you hear and what's the pushback that you get as to why people don't put all their dollars in faith-based investments?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The arguments, um, as we mentioned, for faith-based investing is putting biblical principles first mm-hmm. in the 2,500 verses in scripture. Um, you know, I don't think... That's an accident that there are that many verses in scripture about this topic. Our creator wants us to pay attention to this area of our lives um, very closely. And when we know better, we can do better. Um, The arguments in the past against faith-based investing really put dollar figures first and not biblical principles. Um, In the past, some advisors complained that returns weren't as good for faith-based portfolios in really the realm of faith-based investing has grown over the last 20 to 30 years um, consistently. And so here's the truth about that statement. Faith-based investing has come a long way in the last 20 years. There's a lot of companies that offering funds, especially mutual funds, that pay attention to the screens and filters. And so they just won't hold companies in their funds that violate those basic beliefs. So that statement about a lack of return is really no longer true. Those complaints usually come from advisors who don't practice faith-based investing and they don't have any numbers to back that up. And also I'd say in the event that you have a slightly lower return um, from an investment return perspective or a numbers perspective, I would argue you have a higher morality return. Um, from a spiritual perspective, and that you will be rewarded for making biblical principles a priority.
0: And all right, so if someone is interested in this, someone has heard this episode and they realize that this is a thing, maybe they didn't know about it, or maybe we just put them over the tipping point. Now they realize they should look into it. What are the first steps for someone who wants to start taking on a faith-based investment strategy?
1: I would say uh, the first thing is that they should not follow the mainstream news headline stocks. (laughs) Just like you don't base your morality on those headlines, you shouldn't base your portfolio on those headlines. Um, And they should expect to ask questions about which screens or filters are you using to their advisor or better yet, tell your advisor what you want. There are over a dozen screens or or filters you can use to to weed out some of those really offensive things that you might be investing in right now. And investing this way requires an advisor who's dedicated to and knowledgeable about faith-based investing because it's really a unique unique niche of investing that a lot of advisors aren't um, focusing on, but hopefully they will be in the future.
0: Oh, goodness. So is there any certification someone should look for for that advisor? Is there um, how do they know that the filters the advisor is using is one that is in alignment with their faith?
1: I'd say probably the most important thing to do is find someone who specializes in faith based investing, um, preferably an advisor who recommends um, nothing but those funds. Um, You can also look for the certified kingdom advisor designation. So CKA behind someone's name um, is helpful, but I will say it's not foolproof. Um, Many advisors seek designations and then they don't do anything differently in their practice than they did before. So that can be an indication, but letters behind a name are just that they're really letters behind a name. My best advice would be to sit down and interview four to five advisors who come highly recommended from your friends or family. And so the advisor is gonna view this as an engagement meeting or a prospect meeting, but you should run it as an interview. Ask them how much of their practice includes faith-based investments. Do they offer those investments to everyone or just to people who ask? Um, Also ask them how much of their Christian faith informs their work. How does their faith affect their work directly on a daily basis. And most advisors, Christian or not, are probably gonna stumble over those questions because they don't have an answer. But I would just continue interviewing people until you find someone um, who specializes in faith-based investing.
0: Oh, goodness. So there has to be some effort behind it, some intentionality, some integration of um, your morality and your money. And what about someone who Is investing in their companies 401k 403b um, what does that person do
1: people who have 401ks do usually have the opportunity to do what is uh, called self-directed brokerage accounts so um, you can go outside of the realm of what the investments are that are given to you and do your own self-directed funds. So that's something you need to look in your summary plan document about. Some 401ks allow you to do that and some don't. Um, So if you do have the opportunity, I would take that opportunity to do the self-directed brokerage account. And that way you can direct what funds you're investing in. And that's something you can talk to your HR department about um, Mm -hmm. or read your summary plan document.
0: And if someone doesn't have that offer to them, what's the next best thing?
1: I would say probably maxing out your 401k um, as far as getting a match from your employer. And then um, the rest of the money that you have to invest, find an advisor who um, is a faith-based advisor. And so they can make sure that those investments um, are based on your faith and your uh, and biblical principles.
0: Oh, goodness, Wendy, this was so informative. This was a lot of information. And um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that we can hear from people who have participated in faith-based advising. If they can um, email us at podcast at compass Catholic, or if you have questions for Wendy on this, this is probably something that we can have another episode on for another day when we get enough questions and, and put together um, an episode based on what people are, are wanting to know based on their experience on the ground. And um, is there anything else that we should know before we wrap up today? Any other questions? frequently asked questions that you get? You know, I think it's just such a a new
1: um, niche in investing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so exciting, really, that we have the opportunity to do this because uh, really in the last 20 or 30 years, it's grown so much. And we really are empowered by um, our biblical principles to take the reins and say, this is our money. This is how we want it invested. Ah, uh, we wanted to honor our Creator. and and your it's your money. You decide what happens with it. And so, um, you know definitely feel um, feel empowered to to do that and to honor your Creator with your investments and don't take someone's advice because you think that they know better. You know, make sure and have a conversation. Um, ask them what their beliefs are. Ask them if they know what um, you're investing in. And, and if you're not comfortable with it, say something. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. And I think that's that's often a stumbling point for a lot of people is um, this, the terminology sometimes we use um, intimidates them. They, they feel like that financial advisors are on the same level as doctors and lawyers, which there is a lot of training. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of training that goes into it. Um, but you are in control it is your money. They are your Absolutely. dollars and your advisor yes. works for you. Um, so that's something we want to make sure people understand that you are the boss. You yes. are the, the CFO of the, the dollars you've been entrusted with. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you, Wendy. And we're going to have you on in a couple of weeks to talk about insurance and, and lots of questions about that. And um, you're so knowledgeable. So thank you so much for giving us some time today. So glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Changemaker podcast. If you liked it, and I pray you did, I ask you to subscribe and share it with a friend. I also ask that you go to compasscatholic.org and take action to start a Faith and Money Matters Bible study. You can take the study individually with a small group, or you can bring the study to your parish. Be the change maker your parish needs. Have a wonderful week and God bless.